Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Dr. Diane Hamilton, who is a nationally syndicated radio host, speaker, moderator, consultant, and educator. She has a Ph.D. in business. She's taught more than 1,000 business courses and is an expert in curiosity, which I'm curious to find out about, emotional intelligence, engagement, and other behavioral and cultural-based issues that impact workplace performance. And she's the creator of the Curiosity Code Index Assessment and the author of the new book, Cracking the Curiosity Code, The Key to Unlocking Human Potential. So welcome, Diane. Well, thank you, Linda. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, It's going to be an interesting conversation. Okay. So uh, Cracking the Curiosity Code is your fourth book, right? It is. um, Yes, and it's been praised by a number of business leaders like Steve Forbes and Ken Fisher and Vernon Hanish and Dave Ulrich and others. Um, It looks like you've got Keith Crack, the – the billionaire and the former chairman of DocuSign to write the foreword on it. So why do you think this book is getting so much attention from all these people with all the books out there? Well, you know, it's just so interesting to me that uh, that curiosity is such a, you'd think, a normal everyday topic that everybody's writing and, and talking about. But it, it's kind of uh, something that we've kind of overlooked in the whole puzzle to what we're trying to fix. We're all trying to fix motivation and drive and critical thinking and leadership, you know, teamwork, engagement, you name it, anything that leads to innovation. But it's, it, it's I liken it to you bake a cake. You, If you're making your cake, you put in your, your uh, eggs and your milk and, you know, oil, whatever. For me, Great. it's cake mix because I'm lazy. But, but whatever you put in to mix your cake, you put it in a pan and you put it in the oven and but if you don't turn on the oven, the cake, nothing happens, right? And, and right. I think curiosity is like the oven. Everybody's missed this initial spark of what we need to do to get to the end point of having an innovative, productive workplace. And everybody, as you start talking to them on the show, I mean, I get great people on my show. I've had everybody from Daniel Goldman to billionaires to Steve Forbes and beyond. And no matter what their expertise is in, if they're uh, a motivation expert, if they're a creativity expert. I mean, I've had people like um, Francesca Gino, who's done a lot of research in curiosity, and they all say that curiosity comes first. So I think that's why we're getting so much attention, because it, we know that there's something missing, but nobody realizes the oven's not turned on. And so I think that they're seeing this as the spark. That's interesting. That's so fascinating. And yet we have all these social media tools. We get to read and learn. We have too much information. So we get curious yeah. about all those things like that, but maybe not mm-hmm. curious in the right ways. Well, what I did uh, was look at what's keeping us from being curious. Because like you said, yeah. you might not be curious in the right ways. There's there's epistemic or perceptual. Basically, we got t- uh, we've got a state, which is an external curiosity, and a trait, which is an internal curiosity. So what got we're it. talking about here is that internal, that trait curiosity. And some people get off track. They go in this diversive way and they go down a rabbit hole. I mean, you can get on YouTube forever and that type of thing. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about acquiring knowledge, very specific, goal-oriented, problem-focused innovation that we're leading towards. So that's the thing that we're dealing with in this type of curiosity. And I think a lot of people have kind of just random 
boredom that they'll kind of go down yeah. rabbit holes, but they don't really look at things that would really ignite their passion and their interest. And that's what we're talking about here. And so that's what I did when I researched my instrument, that curiosity code index that you mentioned, is an instrument that determines the things that keep people from being curious. Oh, in, you know, in the right ways, you know, and so that's that was what my years of research led to. That's great. And so let's talk a little bit about that, the CCI or the Curiosity okay. Code Index. Um, mm-hmm. And you tell me that there's there's four factors that impact curiosity. Uh, what right. are those factors, and and ha- what do we do? I mean, if we're kind of stuck in, <laughs> in not being the, in the non-curious mode. Well, you know, I think everybody thinks they're curious, and sometimes you're curious in in very tunnel visioned kind of ways. You know what I mean? In certain things. Yep. But I think that there's really four factors uh, based on – I did lots of research into the thousands of people and, and um, did, you know, all this factor analysis and boring statistics to figure this out. But basically, there's uh, an acronym, acronym – I'm sorry uh, – FEAR, uh, Assumptions, Technology, Environment, equals the acronym of FAKE. So okay. fear is one of the main uh, things that holds people back. And I, I really expect that to be, you know, very high on the list because, you know, you, people don't want to say the thing. You think about being in a meeting, you're thinking, oh, I don't want to say that. You know, they're going to just think I'm an idiot, I'm not prepared or whatever. And, I, I you know, I, we've always been in the meeting where we're like, please, somebody ask this question. I, I, I don't know the answer. I've even leaned over to somebody in the past like, why don't you ask? Because <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be the dumb one, right? <laughs> right. You want to right. know the answer, but but I think that a lot of us are held back because it's you know I had a boss uh, for example where I went to him and I you know he actually asked me to do something and I said yeah I'd be happy to do that well I, I've never done that how do I do that and he looked at me and he said well I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that <laughs> so when you get somebody like that what does that do that tells you well you're an idiot or it tells you don't ever tell the truth or it tells you don't ever ask me a question or you know, I mean, think of all the things that something like that would do to curiosity in the workplace. And I think we all have had situations where we felt stupid or we felt unprepared or embarrassed or lost control yep. or failure or, you know, all these things people fear. And, you know, I, I, I see so many people who get over fear. I had this woman on my show who was just amazing. Uh, her name's Halisi Nagave. And uh, she's from she's one of the first female vice chancellors ever at a public university. She was the the first, I should say. Wow. um, In in Zambia, and she actually started in this uh, small community in Africa where she had no running water or electricity or anything like that. But she was so curious. She wanted to learn. She just had this burning desire to improve her life, and she had to cross a river to get to school. So she had to put all of her her uh, tools and equipment, anything she needed for the week, her mat to sleep on, her food, her clothes, whatever she needed on her head, uh, you know, to carry across this river. Wow. And if the if it rained, her friends actually drowned sometimes oh, going wow. across this river to get to school. And she continued to pursue her dream. And so she explored her curiosity. She wanted to be educated and she was driven. But there's so many of us that you know, that they're not going to cross that river. They're going to get that boss They're going to who says what well, he said to me. It'll shut them down, and then they give up. And that's what I'm trying to overcome with the fear. You know what I mean? It's such a big yep. thing. Not a lot of us are as strong as Felicia Nagame. A lot of us are more, you know, wow, that hurt. I'm not saying that again. And they give up. Right. So I don't want so that. So is it kind of getting out of your comfort zone a little bit? It you is. Know, kind of overcoming it the fear is. and saying I can stretch a little further. 
it's not just it's recognizing it too, and ah, that's why okay. the assessment is, is so important. Because if you if you take the CCI, it tells you that well, yeah, this this is your issue. Because there's nine sub factors within the uh, within fear. So you know your issue might be looking incompetent, or it might be rejection, mm. or it might be change is necessary, or you know there, you recognize oh okay, so this is what's my problem in this area, and so then you can create. Uh, an action plan with measurable goals and different things that we help you with and, uh, you know, training materials to overcome and set a plan to get better. Uh, and we can all do this. I mean, everybody's got issues in right. one respect sure. or another. So that that basically is fear. Okay. And, um, you, do you want me to go into all four yeah. of them? Yeah, why don't let's hear all okay. four because I think this is fascinating. Okay. okay. Well, assumptions are the voice in your head, you know, the what you tell yourself. I mean, we all have that voice, right? You right. can convince yourself of this or that. And it, it, it often reminds me, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Dr. Katz. There's a cartoon where they had uh, uh, comedians would be guests every week, and he was a psychiatrist. And one of the comedian guests was on the couch, and he said, I don't mind the voice in my head so much. It just has a stutter. And, and it, just, <laughs> it comes to mind whenever I think of that because we have these voices in our head that hold us back, uh, tell us things are going to be boring, uh, that that if I do this again, they're just going to give me more work and not pay me for it. Or, you know, every time I come up with a good idea, they do this. Or, you know, it doesn't matter. We have a voice that will talk us out of stuff sometimes. Sometimes we're lazy and we just right. say, oh, I'm better off not knowing. Sometimes we think it's going to be more than we expect to have to come up with and that type of thing. So, uh, the voice in your head is just so important to recognize because, you know, almost all the fears that we have and that we talk ourselves into because of this voice don't happen. But we think that that's a real high possibility when they really aren't. So That's interesting uh, think, because we worry about all the bad things and don't kind of focus on the good things, right? Right. It, well, it's so easy to do. I, think, I can't remember yeah. who said it on my show, but I think he said 85% of what we fear doesn't come true. And I, I mean, we don't, you know, that that's probably a, a good estimate because we we have all these fears that we assume, and a lot of these things kind of overlap in some uh, in some degrees. And the next one, technology, is another one that could overlap with fear. But technology, it can be something that we rely too much on it, and then we don't have any foundational knowledge, and we, you know, or yep. we haven't been exposed to it. My mom, oh my, my mom. <laughs> Today <laughs> with some kind of question, and she's just not from that generation, right? They didn't have right. technology, and uh, she, if, if God forbid, AOL goes down because my life ends because she can't figure it out. <laughs> she doesn't have that right. to look for it, and I think that's pretty common from that generation. Um, and and it, it's it's just so important to realize that we have to have exposure to it, and sometimes it, we get too much exposure, and then we just are overwhelmed by it, and that that'll stop us and then it keeps us from having critical thinking skills it keeps us from accepting change it keeps us from a lot of things and we can't afford that with uh, right. all the things happening with innovation right now all the jobs that are going to be replaced with technology we have to embrace it and we have to have the foundation behind it so that's huge and then the last one is environment um Environment is just about everything you've ever done, everybody you've ever known, yep. uh, your parents, your family, your friends. I, I was fortunate to um, meet Steve Wozniak once, who, you know, I, he's co-founder of Apple, as right. you know. And his father um, had taught him, like, really cool things, like how to build things when he was a kid. His father happened to be, you know, in electronics and different things. And he, he would put together uh, – 
models with them and say, this is the electricity is used for that, and here's, you know, how to do this, and give reasoning of the physics and all that. But a lot of us don't have that. You have parents who just say, you know, well, you know, everybody in our family has all gone into dry cleaning business. You're going to go into dry cleaning, or whatever it is, you know. You, right, sure. You get this, this direction from your family, and then you get into school, and if you look at what happens with kids, when they're five years old, they have this genius level of um, creativity, and they have this the highest level they ever have of curiosity. But by the time they get out of school and 18 and all that, it's it's pretty much gone, and that's that's really sad because we teach it out of them. Um, I, I you know, and there's a lot of famous TED talks about this that, that you know you, you, they focus so much on the science and the math at the top. And then that was based on, you know, industrial times when we needed that. Right. The creativity sure. thing. Yeah. We we just don't focus on as much. So, um, you know, that has changed a, a lot of what has created, you know, we've gotten rid of a lot of our creativity and curiosity. And then you have friends and family and fear. Everybody will talk you out. You know, you, you're on Facebook. You post something. They don't like it uh, a lot yeah. enough. You take it down, right? You just say, right. that's embarrassing. I can't have that up there. So we're influenced by everybody. So that's basically those four things that we do and that we teach people about in the workshops. And we certify um, consultants and HR professionals to, to give this because I think it's so huge to get everybody um, aligned with us because, uh, you know, half the jobs are going to be gone. We know that uh, based on technology in the next years. And we have to uh, create new jobs. And wouldn't it be great to have people engaged because they're aligned to things they really like doing? That's, that sounds fantastic. Are there any organizations that you look at and say, oh, they're really good at being curious? Yeah, SurveyMonkey. Ah, <laughs> okay. The they ask questions. That's what they do for a living, surveys. That's what yeah. they do for a living, yeah. yes. Uh, Jeff, uh, you know, the um, SurveyMonkey, uh, Xander Lurie, a CEO, was on my show, and they, they totally embrace curiosity because uh, they see the value in it, and how could they mm -hmm. not, you know, based on their model? And there, but there's, you know, Google uh, uh, talks about, you know, they're giving them time for their um, pet projects. We've, they've done yep. that for years, and and they actually put, uh, you know, the agile thinking and um, curiosity above, uh, you know, intelligence and experience at times. So that that that's huge. That's huge, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so tell me, there's a lot of assessments out there. What makes this assessment, the CCI, different or better than other assessments that we could give our organizations? Well, I think a lot of people give a lot of them. I know I wrote my dissertation on emotional intelligence, and, you know, I've given emotional intelligence tests a lot. I've given DISC and Myers-Briggs right. and a lot of those. And they're great for what they what they do. But this test is – this assessment, I should say, is not like a um, uh, put you in a box like your D and I S or C kind of thing. This is giving you levels, more like an emotional intelligence test where this uh -huh. tells you. This is where you can be, um, and this is where your current level is, and this is what you need to, to improve. There's just nothing um, out there that measures what holds you back from being curious. They all tell you uh, if you're how curious you are, and th mm. that didn't do me any good. I wanted to fix right. it, right? So yep. uh, this is the only way. So for me, it was so important because to fix it, you have to know where you stand and yep. what holds you back. And so that's this is completely different. The only thing that's even, you know, out there for curiosity are things like, you know, the, the big five factors. You might have openness to experience, but that's also creativity and, and right. uh, you know, other things. Um, that Harvard and some of the others, they, they all kind of just measure, your, you know, if you're a curious person or not, how your level is. And that's not what this is at all. 
So that makes this completely unique. That's fascinating. So who, who should read this book? I mean, who, who should read the book? Who should take the assessment? Is it senior managers? Is it individuals? Is it frontline managers? Is it all of them? Where do you really see the kind of key place to focus in an organization just like the Spark here? Oh, it's every every one of the above. It's anybody okay. who's working, <laughs> anybody <laughs> in the working world needs to take this because this is all tied into engagement and innovation. It's all about um, how to – I mean, I, I think it would be helpful to take uh, – you know, the leaders really should take it in addition. I think HR is, you know, the one – they're the ones that are interested in um, – you know, providing it to our leadership consultants as far as that goes. So they are the people who get certified to give it. But right. as far as taking it, I think everybody should take it. Everybody should take it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting here, we're talking to Dr. Diane Hamilton. Uh, besides uh, being just doing a lot of various different things here, she's an expert in curiosity, as we said, emotional intelligence, engagement, etc. And she's written this new book, Cracking the Curiosity Code, The Key to Unlocking Human Potential. Dan, where would people go to, to either take the test or to find out more about this whole curiosity code? Well, uh, I have the whole site is at uh, curiositycode.com. You can take the test, you could buy the book, you can you know get certified. And if they're certified, they actually get five hours of Sherm recertification credit. Uh, oh. So there's a lot of uh, benefits to that if they go there. You can actually get to it through my main site, which is drdianehamilton.com as well, which is where you can access the radio show and t- contact me for speaking and, and consulting and all that. So both of those sites. And on social media, I'm just Dr. Diane Hamilton. Uh, basically, don't spell out the doctor, just DR. And you can find me everywhere. Fantastic. That's great. That's wonderful. So before we go, and this is something we could talk about all day, but just one, if you were to tell me or anyone you met, the one thing that we should do today that would help us kind of get to be more curious, where would you say we should start without even taking the test right away? Well, I think just focus on those four factors that we talked about in your mind. You know, uh, think about how fear, assumptions, technology, and environment have impacted you. Uh, Maybe you were interested in something as a child, but maybe your family or a teacher or somebody wasn't able to answer those questions, and you kind of got off track, and and you think, well, this would be really interesting to me at this point in my life. And you just read about something different. Read a different section of the paper than you used to read. Take a different direction to work. There's so many different things you can do that once you think about how those four factors have impacted you, to just kind of open your mind up to just some new possibilities. That's fantastic. So do something different. Go the other way. You always go clockwise, go counterclockwise. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Do it yeah, a little different. Do, do it a little different. <laughs> fantastic. Again, we've been here with Dr. Diane Hamilton telling us about uh, curiosity and the curiosity code. So thank you, Diane. This has been wonderful. And now I'm really curious to find out about the code and the index so or the, um, oh, the assessment. So, yeah. Oh, this was fun. Thank you for having me. All right. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.